1970, I started a trucking company called American Transport, Inc. Uh, but over the next 25 years, it evolved into a company with 450 employees, 350 over-the-road trucks, and um, a, a good list of Fortune 500 companies for customers. About the mid-90s, why things started changing in our industry, and uh, we decided to sell the business. We did, but we, we kept a small company called Midwest Shag. We pulled it out of the business and kept it. So it was about this time that we um, had heard a really great message on tithing. If you don't, are not tithing, you are actually blocking God's blessings, that He wants to give us an abundance of blessings. Um, so uh, we decided that we wanted to uh, tithe from our company, uh, not just our paycheck, but we wanted to tithe from the gross uh, income of the company because this was God's company. And by tithing, we're telling God that uh, we that he is our source of everything and that we are trusting in him uh, to provide our income and uh, not just our not trusting in ourselves trusting in him is really humility we're trusting in ourselves was pride so we only had one problem though and that was our company after we paid our employees and and all of the uh, business the fuel expenses and all that stuff we only were netting 10% so if we tied 10% that left us with zero. So uh, we looked at the company and how could we maybe um, uh, increase what we were charging our customers or uh, cut some of the expenses, but we really couldn't come up with anything that was gonna affect the bottom line a lot. So uh, we just decided, God's word says, test me on this. He says, test me and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you too much to contain. So uh, we decided we were gonna test God. And so we wrote out the, the check for the tithe. Uh, and as we were writing it out, we prayed and we told the Lord, we are, we are honoring you with the first 10% and we are showing you that you are our source of everything. And uh, we're thinking if he doesn't come through in this test, we're not gonna have any money to live on. But, but he did about, come through. About so. three days later, I got a phone call from the packing plant and the manager wanted me to come out for a meeting. We went out and met with him and he said, Don, I don't think you understand. We've been doing a lot of um, construction out here. You've been doing a lot of work that you haven't been getting paid for and we want to make it right with you. So we sat down and they offered me um, a better rate and um, the increase to us was 11%. So God passed the test and we were just thrilled. We were so excited and um, we were, this was a huge step of faith for us and we felt, felt like God passed the test and we passed the test too. And um, this was a, a huge step forward in our faith and trusting God uh, with our finances and, and really being our source. And you know, our Heavenly Father was so kind and loving to help us to pass this test and to learn this because we were gonna need to know this very soon in the future. Well, <laughs> so. about three months later, I got another call from the plant. I went out there and uh, they had a change in management. And so they canceled our contract and um, we were kind of 
kind of out in the cold. <laughs> what and what happened, did I say? Wendy said, Don, God must have something better in mind for us. And he certainly did. And he did for sure. And it was about a year later that uh, we were introduced to a new business idea. And it was something that we could do from home just with our laptops and cell phones. And it didn't take a whole lot of overhead like Don had had with the trucking company. Um, and within four years, we were able to equal the income that we had had from, our, from the original trucking company. Uh, just working from home and then in another four years we were able to double that income again so God was totally faithful he has always been faithful to us um, he is so so good and I just want to encourage everybody to trust him he, to be your source and don't limit God uh, but trust him to be your source of blessings and he will never ever fail you Amen. Wow. that is powerful and that is a, um, that's Don and Wendy. How many of you know Don and Wendy? You know, they're actually not here today. They're out of town celebrating birthdays. But, um, but uh, they're, they're from here, you know. They, um, I love their testimony. It's, uh, it blows me away that such a huge company that they, you know, used to run. Uh, and the Lord just like, was like, hey, don't even worry about the company. It's like, it's like what we're learning is to become um, recession-proof. that you don't have to depend on this world's economy for your prosperity. See? And I love that testimony because it, it shows exactly that. It shows like they weren't depending on, on the economy. I mean, huge company went down. How many people their whole life, lives just completely crumble when something like that happens, right? But, uh, but no, it's like, all right, and God did it. And even in a better way. You know, it's, uh, I, uh, I ran a trucking company once and... Uh, and it's uh, it's a very stressful job. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things in the place. So just to to hear that and then be like, and God simplified it and even increased us in our income. It's like He's good. It works, you know. So, anyways, we're gonna get into the word today. But before that, uh, I want us to pray uh, for our dear friend, Pastor Terrell Minifield. That's Pastor Freddie's uh, wife. She had an accident, um, and uh, and she uh, she broke her leg her right arm and her left wrist, and she's awaiting surgery. And so I know what that's like, and I know also the power of it, because when you guys prayed for me the day after the accident, I was in the hospital watching it online, and I felt the power of God just come and like take all the pain away. And so I'm going to ask you if you stand with me real quick. We're going to pray for Pastor Terrilyn Minifield from Word Life Church there in Chandler, and right now she's in the hospital. She might be watching, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but she'll watch this later. So, Father, right now we just pray right now for Pastor Terrilyn. And we just, as a church, God, come into agreement that you're the God of healing and you're a God who is powerful right now and who wants us healed and healthy. And so right now we just speak to the pain in the name of Jesus and we command you pain to leave from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. We command her left leg to be mended, the bones in the name of Jesus to be mended back together in Jesus' name. We thank you for the, uh, the right arm in Jesus' name to be completely whole and healed in Jesus' name. We command the bones to come back to their place and, and to be uh, soldered back together in Jesus' name. And we command the left wrist in Jesus' name. Yes, we say better than before, stronger than before in the name of Jesus. So we speak to you, Terrilyn, where you are in Jesus' name. We say receive healing right now. Receive the power of God in your body. All pain be gone. And we thank you, God. The doctors will even be surprised, Lord. We thank you for a quick, quick, quick recovery, supernatural. 
supernatural, God. We thank you. We come in agreement right now, all of us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we say amen. 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 You may be seated. All right. So I'm glad you're back. <laughs> How many were here last week? Mm. That's good. God is good. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, last week, it was very important to get this in our heart, to know that it is God's will for us to prosper, not just spiritually, but also financially in every... Did you notice I'm wearing pants? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You got to celebrate every little thing, right? It's first day, you know, save, save, the, save it for today. It is God's will for us to prosper, right? It is, it is God's will for us to have abundance, more than enough, right? And we, and we saw that, you know, the Bible clearly says, Jesus, he was made poor that we might be made rich. And rich, it doesn't mean spiritually rich, even though, yes, it is also God's will that we be spiritually rich and that we have peace and that we have joy because if we don't have all those things and we have a lot of money, then it's, it's pointless and it's worthless, right? And we know a lot of people that have that. But the Bible says that God is the one who adds uh, a blessing unto us and he adds no sorrow to it, right? He makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. So in other words, we can be happy and we can be at peace and we can be in health and we can have good relationships right, and good friendships, and still be rich, <laughs> because Jesus was made poor that we might be rich, and uh, uh, my friend even looked up the words, like, wanted to make sure, you know, it is the same word rich that is used with the rich young ruler who had many earthly material possessions, who could not leave his possessions, because sadly his possessions had him instead of him having them, Right, and so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta know in our heart. Like God does want me rich, but if I don't know His promises, if I don't know His principles about it, then how can I believe for it? Because God doesn't move by need; He moves by faith. So then I have to be able to stand in His promises and be sure that He really wants me to be rich, right? So that I can receive that from Him. It's the same way as healing. If I'm not sure that He wants me healed. How can I be 100% standing on his promises for healing when I'm not so sure that he wants me healed, right? So we need to know that it is his will for us to be healed and healthy and strong so that we can stand on those promises and receive those promises. And it's the same thing with uh, wealth and finances. We need to know, like, it is God's will, and there's a right way to do it, and there's a right way to, um, to, to manage them, and there's a right way to use them, right? And so we need to learn that straight from the Bible so that we can um, prosper in this way. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about, um, we'll see how much we get through, okay? But uh, we're, we're starting to talk about the different types of giving, okay? So there's different types of giving in the Bible. And... Um, and the first one is the first one. And the first one is the tithe. Say yay! Did <laughs> you know that uh, some people uh, kind of like have, have like it's like a trigger word for them. <laughs> the tithe is like a trigger word for them. They go, you know, they're like <laughs> you know, money, riches. Like it's it's trigger words for for a lot of believers. Why? Because there has been abuse. You know, there has been spiritual abuse, there has been manipulation, there has been, you know, sadly people who are all about building their own kingdom, and therefore in the process, they don't care how the gifts come, they don't care how they get the money as long as they get all of it, right? And then people end up hurting because they don't even have the right knowledge or the right motivation for their giving. And I said last week that the motivation of your heart determines the quality of your seed. It also determines 
what it is that you're giving because there's different types of giving, you know. And so today we're going to talk about the tithe, and the tithe is something really, really good, and it's really, really important, and it's a key, okay? A lot of people say, well, that's Old Testament. Hmm. If you fight me about the tithe, you're just trying to make an excuse not to give it. <laughs> because the truth is, it, it, the tithe was established way before the law, right? Like if you're, if you're like that, you know, um, uh, studious and like that detailed, like if you, if you study about it, it was actually established and it was a principle, you know, established in the Bible before the law ever even came. Okay. But here's, here's what I want to uh, propose to you. It's not why, why, you know, why some people say no, like I want to show you what the Bible says about it because, um, in Galatians 3.13, it says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, right? We're no longer under the law. We know that. So God is not going around cursing his children. No, he's not doing that, okay? So I want to start by saying, if you never give a dime, God still loves you. You're still going to heaven, okay? God still loves you. You're still going to heaven. You're his child, right? Let's, let's make that clear. He's not going to curse you, right? He loves you. <sighs> okay? But he, um, just like you wouldn't give your child $10,000 to go spend, you know, because it's missing, it's lacking knowledge, it's lacking uh, administrative skills, it's lacking um, you know, maturity and all those things. It's the same thing with God. Like, he wants to give unto us, but if... If you do that to your child, it could actually harm him, right? So in the same way, like God wants to, he, his will is for us to be rich because Jesus was made, was made poor that we might be rich. But if we don't go about his ways doing it, right, getting money can actually harm you. How many people get money because they're skillful at it and then they, they, they're no longer, you know, close to God? Like they just, they leave. They leave the church, they leave their relationship with God. Right. And so so our heart is super important. And so, you know, um, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. However, the blessings are still valid. Did you know that? When I read the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, I, I receive those promises. I believe those promises that are there for they are for me. These promises in Deuteronomy 28 are for me. But then you keep on reading a little longer and there's the curses. And guess what? Galatians 3.13 says that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. Do you understand, like, some people might be like, wait, how can you take the good stuff but leave the bad stuff? Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to fulfill the law for us. So now we are righteous in him. Therefore, we can expect the blessing, right, without having to be afraid of the curse. Are you following this? So the Old Testament blessing is still laid up for us. It's still valid for us. Jesus paid the price on the cross so that we would no longer live under the law, but we live under grace. Listen, if you never give money again because of the love and the grace of God, he'll still, he'll still meet your needs. He'll still like, you know, make sure that you have something to eat and that you have food. But is that God's will? No, he, his will is that you may prosper and have abundance to be able to be a blessing to others. Like he wants to bless nations through you, right? 
So God is not evil. He's not going to leave you and, and like, no. You know, we are supposed to uh, help the poor. You know, that's what we, we're called to do that. And God takes care of his children. But there's more than that. And so in Malachi uh, chapter 3, let's go read that because um, there's a promise here. And there's a big promise. And, um, and again, uh, there's also blessing in Genesis 1.28. You know, from the very beginning, God said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. There's a blessing there. And God wants that blessing for us. Be fruitful, right? Always, always uh, uh, increasing. Multiply. Uh, subdue the earth. Control your environment, your, or your environment will control you, right? Which is, through, through finances, we, we, de- we determine our environment. We determine what our finances are going to be. But if you, if you don't subdue it, if you don't take your authority according to God's word, then, then you are subject to the markets of this world. And the thing is that because we live in a country that has a great economy and, and, you know, and all these things, that you could go about your life and never have to even read the Bible about what God says about finances. But let me tell you, you're missing out. And you're also in danger that if this country's economy crashes you'll crash with it and i don't want that do you want that no we're not called to live according to this world's economy we are in this world but we're not of this world right if you're an ambassador in another country that is really really poor but you're an american ambassador in a third world third world country <laughs> you you don't worry about that country's economy for your finances because you depend on the finances of the country that sent you are you with me that's us we're not in this world well i'm sorry we're in this world but we're not of this world our economy is supposed to be from heaven but many people how do you determine that you're going to say well why isn't it happening because everything moves by faith right and in James, it tells us that uh, in James uh, 2.18, 218, it says that uh, faith without works is what? Yeah. Dead, right? So we don't want to, um, is that right? Yeah, I think so. So how do we tell our money to not be in the market of this world, but to be in the market of heaven? And that's where the tithe comes in. That's number one. Let me tell you, the tithe is, is kindergarten stuff for believers and it has so much to do with the heart okay okay um so there's a blessing in deuteronomy 28 that's for you there's a blessing in genesis 128 that's for you okay and we're going to go read right now uh, malachi chapter 3 and we're going to start in verse 8 okay it says should people cheat god other versions say you know uh should should a man rob god Yet you have robbed me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever rob you? You have cheated me or robbed me of tithes and offerings. Say with me, tithes and offerings. And it says, do to me. It says, you're under a curse, for your whole nation has been robbing me or cheating me. Right? Now, yes, we're not under a curse anymore. Okay? But the blessing still applies. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse? This is where the food is given out. 
right? Where do you eat spiritually? At church, okay? It says, bring the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heavens. Uh-oh. So see, here's where you want to perk up your ears. Okay? Here's, here's, here's a promise. Because remember I said last week, God never tells us to do anything that isn't for our own good. Amen. Everything God asks us to do is for our own good. Okay, and we got to get that in our heart. He's never trying to take away. He's trying to increase to us. Okay? Are you with me? He's not a God that takes. He's a God that gives. But he's moved by faith. And faith requires an action. Therefore, trust and obedience are very, very linked to each other. Because you cannot obey a person whom you don't trust. When you're forced to obey someone you don't trust, it's called abuse. So God wants us to understand his word and his principles and say, hey, thank you. That is good for me. Okay? And so right here is, you know, he's saying, hey, do this. Bring the tithe. What does the tithe mean? It means 10%. 10%. I mean, I've heard people say, I'm, well, I'm just tithing 5% right now. I'm like, okay. That's really cute, but that's not tithe. You're not tithing. Good job. Keep going. Try to get to 10. Then, then, then it's really tithe. That's what the word tithe means 10%. Gross or net? <laughs> Gross. Right? Because again, if you're trying to tithe out of the, the net, you're just trying to give less. And there's not, not full trust right there. Right? How can I get away with checking this box and giving the least amount? Well, there's no full trust there. You're not given by faith. You're given by fear. So let me tell you, you're not under the curse of the law. Okay? If you don't tithe, God's not going to curse you. But you will be missing out. Okay? Because this is what it says. See, see there's, uh, I want to say this is the only place in the Bible. There might be another one. But this is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Like, look, if... If I tell you, test me, like you consider it, right? You're like, yeah, he's got, you know, a good reputation. You know, he's a pastor. Like, he seems to be an upstanding citizen. Like, you know, if I tell you, test me, like, good chance you would. If God tells you to test him, if God tells you to test him, like, don't you think, like, how, how reliable he is? Like, he's really reliable. The Bible itself says he, 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 he's not man that he should lie, right? He doesn't take back his word. What he says, he means. Amen. And God knows when your bills are due. God knows when, when, you know, when things need to happen. Like, he's fully aware of that stuff. So he goes and he says, test me in this. It's like, like never, nowhere else does he say that. Like, that's pretty wild. Like, why would he say something so strongly unless he knew there was just a huge blessing on the other side of this lifestyle? Right? Why would he say something so strongly if there's a chance he might leave you hanging? That's why I'm telling you. Tithing and giving money has so much to do with the heart because that's where you start going like, 
oh my, I mean, do I really believe what he says? Because if I don't believe what he says here, why would I believe that if I confess Jesus in my heart, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven? It's in the same Bible. So you trust God for your eternal salvation, but you don't trust him for, you know, the tiny little life that you have here on earth and provision for it. You know, like, I'm not speaking to anybody specific. I'm just, you know, putting this out there. So, I expected this would be a quieter service. It's okay. And so it says in verse 10, it says, Bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there will be enough food in my house. It said, If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. That sounds like big windows to me. And what does that mean? He'll open up the windows of heaven to say, Good job? No. Like it says right here, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to test. Verse 11, your crops will be abundant. You go, I don't got any crops. Like, whatever you do, you know, what, what do you put your hands to? You know, like in this time, it was crops was the thing that people did, you know. And so your crops will be abundant. Um, for I will guard them from insects and disease. You know, a different version says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Like, sign the Lord of heaven armies. <laughs> Let's be clear who's saying this. He's amazing, you know. Like, I want the windows of heaven open and poured out so much that I can't contain. This is the beginning of increase. This is the beginning of abundance, of more than enough. This is exciting. When I learned this, I got really excited because I learned that it didn't depend on what I did for a living, uh, whether I would have or not abundance in my life, you know? Well, it's like so many things come to mind right now, but I have to wait because today we're talking about the tithe, you know? But I said last week, it's not God's will that you be stuck in a job that you hate for the rest of your days so that you have abundance. It is not his will. But many people are focused just on the provision and they have no vision. But when we're focused on the vision of God for our lives, provision follows. And, um, and tithing is, uh, is such a key. See, I started tithing when I was 13 years old. I might have told this story before, but uh, 13 years old, you know, my dad, I started receiving, like, money, you know, allowances and things like that. And there was a really cool, very expensive in my, in, in my world at that moment, uh, BB gun that I wanted, you know. And it was, like, it was like 180 pesos or something like that, you know. And I had saved, like, a couple months. And, you know, to, to save, you know, it's... It takes some discipline, you know, and I, I didn't have a lot. And, um, and so it, it was finally, you know, I had enough. I had enough money to go buy it. And, uh, and my dad's like, hey, let's go. By the way, did you tithe? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dad, like, if I tithe, I won't have enough to buy it. 
right? If I tithe, I won't have enough to, to buy it. And he's like, well, it's up to you, but, you know. And I, I remember what he said, and I was like, okay, no. This is like, this is God's, and, and it's, it's, it's honoring to him, and he gave me this, so, so I'm going to trust him, you know. I'm going to trust him, and if I have to wait another month, I wait another month, you know. And so I gave my tithe, you know, and I only had, you know, I didn't have enough. Anyways, um, I like window shopping just as much. So I, uh, I think I went like, you know, a few days later, and uh, I'm looking at it, and guess what? It's on sale. <laughs> it's on sale, and I have just enough to buy it. And I was like, like, I will never forget that because it was, it was so shocking to me. I'm like, I'm like, how did you do this? Like, how did you, you, I'm like, you sneaky. I never, like, wow, you know? And it filled my heart because I'm like, and ever since that day, it has never, ever, ever failed. And it has always, always, always increased. My finances don't depend on my degree because I don't have a degree. <laughs> I didn't go to college. I went on the mission field. That's what, that's what God had for me. You know, and um, and I was worried because missionaries were poor. <laughs> and I remember from the very beginning, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I won't be a poor missionary. I won't be a poor missionary. Uh, it's not going to happen, you know. And I and I started learning about you know God's principles for finances. And and guess what? They don't depend on your studies. I'm not knocking down studies. Studies are amazing. And 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 for many people or. Going to college is part of their calling. You know, it's part of what God has them to do for, for the field that he's going to have them go into. Okay, so it's very, very important. But it's not a must so that you can be financially abundant in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's good. It's not bad. But don't do it just to do it. Some of you are rethinking your careers right now and your studies. <laughs> Don't do that, okay? It's like, <laughs> pray about this stuff. Don't. Okay, but, but our finances don't depend on worldly stuff. It depends on God's principles and us believing them and us applying them and living in them, okay? Um, when me and my wife got married, you know, that's, that's one of the things we talk about in pre-marriage counseling is like uh, finances because finances is a big one uh, that breaks marriages, right? And so... It gets even more complicated when one believes in tithing and the other one doesn't. Let me say it even this way. Like, it's even more complicated when, when one believes in a certain percentage and the other one believes in a certain percentage. What do you do? You meet in the middle or do you go with a higher one or you go with a lower one? <laughs> I don't know. But thankfully for me, me and Kara were already 20% givers. Like, it was 10% are tithe and then 10% is our offering. So ever since the beginning, we were in, in uh, uh, unity about that, in agreement about that. So that made things a lot easier, you know. So get in agreement with your spouse, you know, with your, with your giving, you know. And, and sometimes it might be harder for some people. Sometimes there's a spouse that is not even a believer, right? And so what, what would the other spouse do, you know? Well, tithe from what, what you make or tithe from what you receive, you know. It's a, it's a thing of the heart before God. You know, God's not be like, well, you know, because your husband isn't, then you're going to miss out. No, no, no. It's a thing of the heart. 
You know, it's what comes into you. You know, what do you receive? And so everything that comes in our household, that's what goes out. You know, it's our tithe and our offering. And then above that, you know, there's other things that we'll talk about next week. But um, I have four minutes. How is that possible? <laughs> You're like, good, because I'm like, <laughs> This is one of the most exciting topics for me to, to teach, and I, and I haven't done it in a long time. Because, again, there was uh, a lot of people that were very wounded and triggered about this stuff. So if you still feel like this subject is hard for you, you need the Holy Spirit to heal your heart. Because otherwise you're the one that's going to miss out. And God's will is that everyone would prosper and everyone would have more than enough. Are there some people that never will? Yes, of course, because some will never believe it. Some will never develop the, you know, the the management, you know, the godly management that they need to have to be a person, you know, that is a river for God and, and not a dam that sometimes lets go of a little bit and, you know. Okay, so opens uh, tithing opens the windows of heaven. Tithing is motivated by obedience. Again, and you cannot obey someone you don't trust. And God would not want you to obey him if you don't trust him. That's why if you were ever in a place where it told you, tithe or you'll be cursed, that's wrong. It's manipulation. That would cause a trauma in you, you know? Like, what'd you do? I do it because I have to. So you pay like a debt you owe. And guess what? You canceled the blessing. I mean, what pastor would tell you don't give unless your heart's in the right place, you know? But I tell you that. Don't give unless your heart's in the right place because you're the one that's going to suffer and have a bad experience about it. But... Don't you need to pay the bills? God pays the bills. It's his house. We're never worried about, you know, where money's going to come from, you know, for for the church because it's God's house. As a matter of fact, we said, God, if money doesn't come, you know, this was many, many years ago. Like, God, if money doesn't come in for your house, well, I guess you don't want it to be open, so we'll just close it. We can't live on in fear because then when you live in fear, you start transmitting that to other people and like, hey, we really need you to give to keep the lights on in this place and to pay the rent, you know? And then what happens? People are moved by need and emotional decisions, and they feel manipulated. They feel like they have to, right? And in uh, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 or 9 you know, is where it tells us, um, we'll get into that one next week, where it says, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give by necessity or because you feel like you have to. There's something really important about the position of our heart when we give. God wants us to be excited about giving because we know that he's true to his promise. And like, watch out, window's about to open up. So that's number one. First step is tithing. It's kindergarten. It's 10% of everything that comes in your household. That is yours, of course, right? You live with mom and dad. You go, your dad doesn't even go to church. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm tithing from everything comes in our household. Um, so it also says here, he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. Um, when we tithe, we transfer our finances from the world's economy to heaven's economy. It's our action to our faith, right? James 2.18. Faith without works is dead. Faith without action is dead. Uh, when I tithe, I'm saying, God, you're my provider. 
I'm making you my provider, right? When you put your money in Chase Bank, you're telling them they're your bank. You can't go to Wells Fargo and be like, hey, I need some money. I'd be like, you don't bank with us. You determine who your provider is when you tithe. I'm saying, I'm trusting you. I depend on you. You're my provider. Um, it's one of the, it's a money test, you know. Um, in Matthew 25, 23, it says, um, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over little, I will make you ruler over much. It's a money test. When you tithe, you're telling mammon, the god of money, you are not the boss. You break the power of money over you. We break the power of greed in your life, right? And you are telling money what to do, and money becomes your servant instead of you becoming money's servant. Right? Because if you can't give, it's because it has you. Um, so it is a, it is a small test, right? And then, um, it makes us, helps us bypass recessions. Um, and, and I'll say this real quick, um, and this will set us up for next week. Okay. But tithing isn't the end. Tithing is the beginning. Okay. Jesus didn't cancel the law. Like you can't go kill people he fulfilled the law and he raised the bar and he said now you love your enemies you're like oh what (laughs) and it's the same with giving you know it's not just 10 percent. that's the beginning there's no limit i've told you many times i want to be like my spiritual father wayne myers in mexico who lives who gives 90 percent away and lives like a king off of 10 percent. how did he get to that place because he's a really good steward and he's a really good giver. He's generous. So he can be, he, he's been made ruler over much. See? Because money doesn't have him. He uses it as a, as a tool. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't stop at 10%. Like there's people, you know, that, that give way beyond 10%. And and we'll talk about that next week. So do come back. <laughs> do come back, okay? Um, I have to stop. But um, again, go home if you if you if you're not a tither, or if you don't tithe ten percent, and just take this to the Lord. And if you're married, talk about it with your spouse, right? Because if you've never done it then it is a step of faith. It is a step of trust. It is saying, God, here we go. You know, it's like when you jump off a cliff with a bungee cord on, like, ah, and you're just, and then you'll see that he truly, truly does uh, fulfill his word. His word comes to pass, you know. And, um, and this is something that has always worked for people and for believers. But make sure your heart's in the right place, right? Tithing is motivated by obedience. And you can only obey someone you fully trust. So do you trust them is the question. Amen? Amen. If you learn anything at all, give Jesus praise. Amen? James, come up.